Uh, go ahead and take your Bibles, and let's uh, go right to our lesson this evening. And we're in the life of Moses, talking about Moses, and tonight uh, we're following Moses and his faithful friends, all right? Following the faith of God's leader, and uh, we're talking about following a faithful friends. We're in Exodus chapter 17 and verse 8. Exodus chapter 17 and verse 8. Exodus 17, and we're going to be looking at verses 8 to 13 tonight. Moses and his faithful friends. You know, God's leaders who are serving from a pure heart and a biblical foundation need the fellowship and support of their followers. In other words, you cannot lead alone. If no one's behind you, backing you up, then uh, that's not a team, is it? That's, a, that's one person. So a leader needs his followers, needs his the congregation behind him. And, you know, Moses, he had a lot of ability. He had a lot of skills. God gave him great power to form many miracles. And he was able to do some great things because of the Lord. That wasn't because of Moses, but it was because of the Lord, his power within him and on him and used by him. But God didn't choose to use Moses by himself all the time. He wanted the people of Israel to follow up behind him and support him. And that's what we're going to look here tonight. And uh, I have a story here. It's called The Result of a Disagreement. There was a man who had, he was from New York State, and he went out west and bought a ranch. And he was there for about a year or so. And some of his friends come out to visit from New York. And they got to the ranch. You know how sometimes ranches have this great big sign and they have their name, right? Well, this, this ranch had the, it was called the Bar J, Susie Q, Flying J, and Lazy L. That seemed kind of odd. So when the friends got there looking around, talking to the owner, they said, what's up with that name? And the, the owner said, well... We had a little trouble. I wanted to call it the Bar J. My wife, she wanted to call it the Susie Q. My two sons, my first son wanted to call it the Flying J, and my second son wanted to call it the Lazy L, and we just could not get along, and we bickered and fought, and finally we just compromised and used it, put them all together. And they said, okay, all right. Well, they were there for a little bit longer and they were looking around and they, they, they saw something peculiar about their ranch. There were no cows. <laughs> they said, where's all the cattle? And the man says, well, we haven't had any calves that survived the branding. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do you find it hard to be a team player? Do you find it hard to be a team player? 
you know, the church spiritually is a team. And, you know, we need, we need leaders. Praise the Lord. And our church has leaders. Praise that we have good leaders. Amen. Praise the Lord. But, you know, we also need lay people who are willing to follow. And uh, that, that's what a church is. It's leaders and people, the leadership and the lay people working together to accomplish a goal, the goal that God has called us to do. And if we don't have people like that, then we're not going to be able to do what God wants us to do. And that's what we see here in the life of Moses. Moses could have gone out and single-handedly won that battle if God wanted him to. But that wasn't God's choice. And I think we can learn some lessons tonight uh, from this story. So let's take a look here. I have three steps to Israel's victory over the Amalekites. Three steps over the victory over the Amalekites. So let's, uh, let's look at point number one here, the hope of Moses' faith. The hope of Moses' faith. Notice, let's begin reading in verse 9. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel and Rephim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our dear God and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all your blessings. Thank you for our church. And Lord, we just pray tonight as we're here studying here the life of Moses, other people in our facility or studying their Bible and being taught. Lord, we pray for our children, that you would bless them and help our teachers to get a point, to get across the, the principles that you would have them to do. And Father, we pray that you would bless us tonight. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So we see letter A, the army was prepared. The army was prepared. The men were chosen to fight. They went out to the congregation and they chose out men. Men who were willing to get involved and lay a hand and get out and fight. And you know, uh, this was a physical battle. We're talking about a literal physical battle. But you know, in our churches, we are fighting a spiritual battle. We're not fighting a battle uh, with physical weapons, or we shouldn't be anyways. Uh, you know, we're fighting a spiritual battle. And we need people uh, that will know how to fight spiritually. And, and how do we do that? Well, we got to know the Word of God, and we stand against our enemy, but also we got to know how to pray. And that's where we're going to fight from our knees, the spiritual battle that God. So we need to be a people of prayer. These men were willing to fight. They were willing to fight. They were willing to go out there because, you know, uh, when one person, you know, these, these Amalekites, we find out later, they kind of hit from behind and hit the weaker spots. And, you know, uh, the congregation could have said, well, you know, that's just a few and we're not going to worry about them. But they didn't. They said, no, if, if you know, we got to protect everybody. And we, we have to take care of the whole congregation. And isn't that true of our church? You know, the Bible says when one person's hurting, when one person's going through a problem, we all have to chip in. And that's why we pray. That's why we have prayer lists. And that's why we visit and do different things so we can uh, do that. But, you know, that's going to come only when there's unity in the church. We got to have unity. That say, yeah, like these men who are willing to fight, we have to be willing to say, hey, we're a church, we're unified, we care about one another, and we're willing to help out one another. And these men were also dependent 
on God's power. They were dependent on God's power. Notice it, uh, uh, notice it says here uh, in that same verse 9, he says, I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. And we're going to find out later God had a purpose for that. But that's a, that's, that's a sign uh, that God says, you're not going to win that battle on your own strength. Amen. You're going to win that battle by my power. And that's true in the church too, isn't it? We're, if we're going to do the, we're, if we're going to have victory, if we're going to be able to do the work that God's called us to do, we can't do it in our own fleshly power. Um, now we can do some work, but we won't be able to do the work that God has called us to do. So we need His power in our life, and that reminds us any victory the Lord, the church has, any victory that we experience as we serve the Lord, that doesn't come from us, does it? That's not because of us. We can say, well, we're so strong and we're so great and we're so, you know, we're so spiritual. No, 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 no. Any victory that we are able to be a part of as a church, that comes from God. Amen. And we gotta recognize that. And recognize that it comes from the Lord. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, uh, we forget that, don't we? We forget that. And then letter B, God showed, God, uh, God showed his power, okay? He showed his power. And he, you know, he, he gave Moses that rod, and we're gonna find out that he is gonna go up into the hill, and he's gonna use that rod. And he's gonna show God's power again, as he'd had it before. Uh, when they crossed the Red Sea, and he had done other great things, that rod is gonna be a sign that God is with Israel, and his power is with them. And we're going to see that in the story. So that's point number one. The hope of the Moses' faith, the army was prepared. God showed his power in an unexpected way. And then number two, the heaviness of Moses' hands. The heaviness of Moses' hand. Let's skip down to verse 11. Okay, skip down to verse 11. Let's read. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Letter A, we see, when his hands were up, Israel prevailed. So obviously the story goes, Moses went up and doesn't tell us how he knew this. Obviously, God told them in some way that when you get to that top of the mountain that you're looking down upon the valley, that's where the battle is progressing, they'll raise your arms and to hold up that rod. And he was doing that. And while he did that, he noticed, oh, while I got this up, he's watching. And he's also watching with his friends, Aaron and her. They're noticing while the rod is up, the battle is is going Israel's way. They are prevailing over the Amalekites. And they're having success. And that's, that's encouraging, right? That, that is encouraging. Uh, when a church has success, when we, we see things going on and we see God using and God blessing in different ways, we all enjoy success. Everybody's a part of the success. But we need to be careful. I found in my ministry... Sometimes a little success is, is, can be a bad thing. 
Now you say, well, what's that? What do you mean? What do you mean about that? What do you mean it could be a bad thing? Is, don't we want success? <laughs> Isn't that what it's all about? I mean this, a little, you know, for us who are human and, you know, our human tendencies and the way we think, a little success, we can start to think. And, and I'm not talking about the big successes. I mean, sometimes the big successes, it's so obvious it's God that we, we just can't deny it, right? I mean, the bigs, but when we have little successes, we have to be careful that we don't allow pride to come in and to start saying, well, look what we've done. Oh, you know, look what, I, look what we were, I was able to accomplish. Oh, man, I'm sure doing a lot better than that guy over there. I'm doing a lot better than the, hey, wait a minute now. We need to be, be careful. Be careful. Because that's not the way it is. Any success, small or great, comes from God. Amen. And we need to be thankful for it. Because, let's be honest, not everything we do is successful from man's eyes, is it? I mean, there's a few failures. We've, we, we, you know, I've, I've had some failures. And, you know, they have their place too, don't they? We learn from our failures. We learn from our mistakes. But a lot of times, just a little bit of success can cause us to lift up with pride. And we gotta be careful of that. And be careful that we don't do that. So here's Israel, they're having success. They're prevailing in the battle, things are going good. But what happens, letter B, when his hands were down, you know, he got tired. The arms came down, the rod came down, and then they noticed something else. What did they notice as they're watching? Well, notice it says in verse 11, and when he let down his hands, Amalek, prevailed the battle turned the progress went the other way and we see that here and obviously they realized very quickly what was going on and understood very quickly what they had to do you know there are going to be times folks that we're going to be weary in the work and sometimes uh, we feel bad about that sometimes we kind of blame ourselves but we're only human. We're only flesh and blood. And we're, we're, we're going to get weary. And there's times we're going to get tired. And there's times when we're going to need rest. Sometimes we need a, a time of rest. You know, Nehemiah, you know the story. He was building that wall, right? And they got everybody together. They got all Israel together. Everybody got involved and they started building those walls, putting up those, you know, forming the walls and things were going good and the enemy began to attack. And the Bible says that they kind of attacked in three ways, three major ways. Uh, some of the attacks came from within, meaning from within the congregation. They had their own problems and, and you know, the work and the sacrifice brought up, the problems were already there. But they just were, they were magnified because of the work and the, what happened. And Nehemiah had to stop the work for a bit and he had to deal with that problem and he did. And then the work progressed. Well, the enemy uh, attacked and they, they figured, well, we can't, you know, they made fun of them. Well, we'll ridicule them. We'll make fun of them. 
and we'll make them feel so silly that they'll just quit. Well, that didn't work. They kept on building. But then they says, well, that's not going to work. What are we going to do? So they, they threatened them. They threatened them. They said, you keep building. We're going to come in and we're going to kill you. <laughs> now, that got their attention. And they came to Nehemiah and they says, Nehemiah, we have been threatened. And you have us working and we're worried. And this was a genuine concern, wasn't it? We're worried about our family. I mean, they may not kill me, but if they come, they'll kill my family. And Nehemiah says, well, yeah, we got to do something about this. So what was the answer? The answer was, well, every man will work next to his house. We'll work close, you know, you're over here, but you know what, we'll put you over there, and that guy that was from here, we'll switch him around, and everybody's close to their family. And then we'll continue working, and one man will have a trowel in one hand, and he'll have a sword in the other hand. <laughs> and when they do come, or if they do come, if they fulfill their threat, you'll be prepared. And so he had to do something about that, didn't he? He couldn't just say, well, no, don't worry about that. Everything will be fine. You just keep working. No, he did something about it. He stepped in and said, no, let's rectify the problem. I said all of that to say this. If you need rest, you're better to take the rest and take, step out and take a rest rather than get so frustrated and so downhearted and so discouraged that you quit. You know, there's, there's a difference between quitting and taking a sabbatical, isn't there? You know, people take a sabbatical because of situations and, and for uh, circumstances beyond their control, and they say, hey, I've got to step back and deal with what I'm facing. You're better off to do that than to overload yourself and become so discouraged and so upset that you say, well, I'm just going to quit. And that's not right, you know, that's not helping. And that's what we see here. Uh, we have to understand that we can do the work of the Lord, but we're only human. And if we need rest, then we need rest. And that's what we see here because Moses couldn't do it himself. And he needs some help. He needs some help. And we see that point number three in our outline, the help of Moses' friends. The help of Moses' friends. Notice it says in verse 10, so did so Joshua did, as Moses had said to him, and fought with the Malak, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So again, these three men are on top of the hill. They're viewing the battle. They're, over, they're watching. Maybe they're giving some, uh, some command and helping here, but they're obviously watching what's happening. Let's go down to verse 12. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So here's Moses. He's tired. He needs a rest. He needs a rest. He can't keep going the way he's going. He needs some help. And he can't do it alone. Now, God could have, you know, if God wanted to, he could have given him the strength to stand, couldn't he have? Really, if God wanted him to, he could have given him a supernatural strength to do that. But he chose not to. Why? I think there's a lesson for us. Our leaders need help. They need our help. 
And sometimes uh, we see that. The work of the church cannot be done by a few, but it takes the effort of the whole congregation. Everybody working together in some way. Everyone doing their part that the work can be done because that's how God's chosen to do it. (laughs) This isn't man's way. This isn't man's plan. This is God's plan. This is how he would have us to do it. So letter A in our outline, they set out for the top. They went to the top and there they're viewing the battle and and then we see letter B, they set out a stone, okay? They put out the stone. Moses is tired and he says here, They say, sit down, and they hold up his hands. Ur and Aaron on each side, they're holding them up, holding up their hands, and so Israel can can prevail over the battle. And Moses is getting the rest he needs, and he's getting the support that he needs. He's resting, and he's supported, okay? He's resting, and he's supported by these men, and the stone that they have placed there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and 13 says, We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Why do we support the leadership? Why do we support our pastor? Why support our deacons? Why support this pastoral staff? Because of the work. (laughs) The work. They're involved in a work. (laughs) The church is involved in a work. And we need to support them so they can do that work. And that work can be accomplished. That's that's what it's about. It's about the work. The work's sake. So the work can go on. And they need that. And of course... So the church is supported by, obviously, the rock of our salvation, Amen. Jesus Christ. All right, he's that rock. I mean, the church is founded on the rock, the stone that the builders rejected. The world said, ah, oh, that'll never work. But God said, that's the stone I have chosen. And he's built upon that foundation, the apostles and the teachings of their doctrine. And we are building this work, this church, on these men and what they accomplished for Christ, but it has to be built on Jesus Christ. And he is our support spiritually, right? Each and every one of us. We cannot support someone else if we're not ourselves supported by Christ. We need that support and we have to go to him for that support. And he is that rock that we are built on. And then letter C we see they stayed up his hands. They stayed up his hands. And they keep them up. And we notice that Israel is having victory. Victory. There was a boy who was born to, uh, a, a, a parent, to a set, uh, some parents, mom and dad, and the doctors told them that their son Rick would be a vegetable the rest of his life. So just go ahead and put him in an institution. So they said, well, we can't do that. We're not going to do that. And so they took Rick and they treated him just like he was anybody else, anybody other's child. And now he had limitations. Sure he did. 
But they, 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 they began to work with them. And, uh, you know, they come from a very athletic family. And Dick, he liked to run and go in marathons. And, you know, he was very physical and very athletic. And Rick, he got old enough where he says, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to go on a marathon. I want to run. I want to ride my bike. And I want to do a triathlon. And I want to go and uh, all this stuff with Dad. And you know what Dad said? Sure. We'll do it together. And they did. And they went and they, for years they, they ran marathons. They ran triathlons. They ran half marathons. They went in races and bike races and boat, race, boat races. And they did so many things, over a thousand of these competitions. But how'd they do it? They did it together. They did it together. They supported one another. And they were to accomplish so many great things physically. When, when doctors, <laughs> medical, and, you know, men who are supposedly trained and, you know, are so, so supposedly smart, smarter than we are, <laughs> they, went, they, they went against that and said, hey, we can accomplish this. And they did it. Now, I'm not taking away from doctors, of course not. You know, they're only human, and we still need them, and praise God for them. Amen. And, and, but, you know, we have a Lord <laughs> and Savior, Jesus Christ, who can do great things. If we, if we will gather together, if we'll get together as a team and work together, God can do some great things, Amen. supporting one another. Whole, and our support from Christ, supporting us, supporting one another, it's amazing what we can do and accomplish for the Lord and Savior. And then the, the last part here, letter D, they stayed until the battle was won. They were faithful. They were faithful. They stayed. Notice it says in verse 13, And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. They had victory that day, and they won. They won the battle. And praise the Lord for that. And, I, and, and you know what? This was, a, this was a physical battle, which we, you know, things are a little bit different today. We're in the New Testament, but we're still in battles. We're still fighting, but they're on a spiritual level. And, you know, sometimes that's even harder, isn't it? That's a little harder because we can't see the enemy like in a physical battle. And so, therefore, it takes a lot of faith and it takes a lot of work and a lot of trusting God. And sometimes it can even be harder than a physical battle, our spiritual battles. And, but there can be victory, and we can have that. So in conclusion tonight, God blesses teamwork in our local churches. He does. He blesses that work. And, but we gotta do some things. Let's remember, depend on God's strength, not your own. Depend on the Lord. Don't fall back into thinking, we are strong enough, we're not. We need God's help. We need his blessing. Also, secondly, work together not independently of the congregation. Let's work together. Not independently. Work together as a congregation. And then let's assist and support our leaders. Let's support them. You know, the best way you can support your leaders, your deacons and your pastor and the pastoral staff, pray for them. Pray for them. 
Bring their name before the throne of grace and pray for them. They need your prayers. We need your prayers. And uh, for that, we need wisdom and power and strength uh, to do the work that God has called us to do and to, and to be those leaders.